Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right, and to avoid any lazy negativity, John's going to shout his ass off at everybody to make sure everybody's woken up and... (laughs) No, we're a positive film... We're a positive film criticism podcast. Anytime we say anything negative about a film, you're going to hear the sound. Mm. That sound is going to keep us honest, people. We are going to talk about this movie, and we are going to try our goddamn best to keep it positive. Or we drink. Yes, we do. So pour yourselves a glass, and uh, let's step back in time and visit the village. Ooh, yeah. let's head back there. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, of course. Old just came out this week. If you're listening to this in real time, we are going to do an episode on Old. So if you like what you hear, please go ahead through your feed and listen to what Dave and I are going to say about Old. But before we get too deep into our Shyamalan experience of the week, let's pass it over to John to shout our people out. All right, the shout outs. We have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barroza. If you want to give him a follow on Instagram, the handle is CBarroza Bar 2019. That is C B A R R O Z O B A R 2019. And if you're digging the music on this episode and every single episode, it's provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein, D A S E I N. You can download all the music for free. Just head over to soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein dash artist. All right, you guys. Let's do it. Yeah. John, are you kind of, John, are you kind of bummed that you didn't watch Old with Dave and I? Are you kind of I am uh, I'm super I'm super bummed. I do. I feel left out. I think you guys are uh, going to have a raving review for uh, a really excellent yeah. movie. Oh, it'll be <laughs> raving. Yeah. <laughs> it'll it'll be it'll be raving. We did go to the, the cinemas to see that. And, <laughs> and in sorry, I think I can't tell if I have to burp. And in honor of Old and M Night Shyamalan coming back, baby. He's back again keeps coming back he keeps throwing punches we are going to look back at the village we feel like six cents everybody's seen a bunch of times after the split apparently was a prequel for unbreakable which meant that we needed another version of that we just left that alone we skipped signs because of mel gibson and now we're here at the village (laughs) (laughs) though that's the sequence um so we're we're here to relook at this film and again we are going to look at this positively i think a lot of the negative criticism about the film was about the twist and um you know maybe that was a letdown for a lot of people but obviously 20 years later we already know about the twist so our rewatch had that in mind so that's what we are going to focus on here this is in our segment should have seen that by now, which was recommended to us by. Do we don't know? know. This one was done anonymously. They would. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. It now was- I think <laughs> we should throw the caveat in that this also could be a was it really that bad? But it wasn't that bad. Like it wasn't hated on by people. This was still in the M Night Shyamalan. You know, you know, this after the sixth sense, as far as like how we received the movies again, Unbreakable went next in the year 2000. So Sixth Sense, 99, Unbreakable, 2000. And then Signs was 2002. Mind you, those three movies made almost a billion and a half dollars between the three of them. Sixth Uh, Sense, about 648, hmm. I think I just saw. Um, 
the Unbreakable was like 278 worldwide, and then Signs was 400 million dollars worldwide. So you're talking about bam, 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 and then The Village is the fourth in this sequence, which still made a lot of money. It still made 200 million dollars, uh, but this was before Lady in the Water and The Happening, and then The Last Airbender. Which, yeah. by the way, all so, those movies made money too, and even yeah. After Earth, they all made money. Seven well, out of his no, first eight movies made 175 million dollars. There's a reason for more. this because like M Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan is like Chinese food. Okay, like his career yeah. turn in Chinese. You keep ordering it with the optimism that this one time it won't give you explosive diarrhea for three hours. <laughs> but it just does. Uh, <laughs> Dave, this is a po- I, I, I was just telling the people about how we're a positive film podcast. Enthusiasm doesn't count. Well, it, op- op- it doesn't get more positive than toxic optimism. I guess that. Okay, okay. Touche, touche. But anyway, we, we rewatched The Village, but had... I'll do the plot synopsis here. So this is the fourth movie. Well, let me do the cast first, actually. I think the cast is the best in, just in case you need a reminder. Yeah, so, I do. So the, the, the leads of the elders in the village, it's called the village. So yeah, they're in an isolated village that gives you puritanical Salem witch trial era vibes. Put it that way. Um, the Crucible is definitely something that uh, comes up mm. when you talk, look at this movie. So Sigourney Weaver, William Hurt are sort of the lead elders along with brendan gleason and cherry jones kind of a standout performance for me cherry jones and then out of the the younger folk you have joaquin phoenix this is right after signs not too long after um after gladiator i will have my vengeance yes gladiator thank you uh (laughs) bryce dallas howard is really the surrogate lead for this film i I think she ends up kind of her and, and william hurt sort of trade who is the lead of the film adrian brody after he wins an oscar for the pianist over daniel day lewis and jack nicholson he does whatever he did in this movie and then um you have a lot of <laughs> extra you have a... double buzz from Dave and I. <laughs> you have you, and then you have a lot of like oh yeah i know those people people like you have judy greer has a big role in this yes. you have michael pitt and jesse eisenberg i forgot pre, he was in this yeah me too pre the squid and the whale like this is early eisenberg this is probably one of his first this movies. is like hi i'm gonna get one line in the film eisenberg yeah, but then he had that yeah. one kind of dramatic yeah. scene. He had yeah. That one, like, kind of where he was doing the earthquake test thing from Ace Ventura when nature calls, but he was doing it to try to get the other things to come out. All right, I'm, I'm getting too chatty with the with the cast here. So let's go ahead into the synopsis. The, the IMDb synopsis is actually really short. It's just a series of events test the beliefs of a small, isolated countryside village. Anyway, so... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> It's yeah. basically the game Werewolf, if anybody's played it, where you're in the village and you have the elders and you have the young people and you're isolated and you're surrounded by the woods. And then at night, things keep happening. These little animals are skinned and left aside. And you can't have anything red because these little creatures that they say, like, those who shall not be named, but not Lord Voldemort. It's something completely different, um, hmm. even though Mad-Eye Moody is in this and actually opens the film. But um, anyway, there are these others, these other people. There's some lost vibes in this, too, that are um, sort of terrorizing the village. And anybody who's seen this movie thinks they can spoil the movie with one line right after that, but we're going to leave it there. Something's happened in the village, people. There's something in the woods. There's something in the woods, and they get pissed off pretty easily. And I think whenever we're doing this segment, folks, you know, we're going to encourage you to go watch it, you know, if you haven't seen The Village yet. But it's kind of hard to discuss M. Night Shyamalan movies without talking about the reveal at some point. So if you want to just... We'll give it like five to ten minutes of spoiler-free here. Yeah. 
And then we're going to have to talk about it just because that's, I think that's, especially when you start getting into the movies that seem to, whether or not you agree with it, seem to frustrate audience members, the further he got into his career, it's usually, it hangs on the reveal for a lot of people just because this movie, I mean, this movie could be pretty good without the, I'm, it's positive film podcast. I'm just going to go ahead yeah, and say, I this is say a pretty good movie with the exception yeah. of the reveal. Like, this and is I don't, fine. yeah, I, it didn't, it doesn't bother me. Uh, I remember when this one came out, um, Already, I think signs, even unbreakable, I think bothered some people. Let's give him Night Shyamalan a break. Let's have a, as a, just as a community, a world audience, we we just give him collectively a break. That guy came out. He, he had made a you know a few different films. He, he went to NYU and stuff, so it definitely wasn't like the very first film he had ever made. But his first big film, Sixth Sense, was was such an enormous success. It kind of reminds me yeah. of like F. Scott Fitzgerald. Like, how the fuck do you follow that up? And, and and do it again. I, I'm not saying it hasn't been done. I just can't imagine like the pressure to like recreate that. So I do respect that uh, what he did with Unbreakable uh, and, I, and I like Bruce Willis in that movie a lot. Um, what he did do with that movie was so unpredictable. I wasn't expecting it to be what it was that I still was Same. intrigued. Uh, and up through this point with signs, I was still intrigued. Science intrigued, is very and I entertaining. It. Yeah, you can shit. Mm. You can shit on the twist. You can shit on some of the crappy dialogue. If you saw that movie in theaters, as I imagine all three of us did, there was a lot of that movie where I was genuinely scared. I was genuinely intrigued. I was very entertained. Also, the yeah. sound mix for Signs was phenomenal. He, t- yeah. he, t- he yeah. pays special attention to sound um, in so, these films. Yeah. Like when you're in that cornfield, it is all around you. You're oh, in that cornfield. Great. And the yeah. sounds. There's some good sounds in the village too. I mean, with mm. the the noises and yeah, this everything. This was uh, nominated for an Oscar for sound design, wasn't it? I think it should be. Score. Com- yeah, it's James Newton Howard's score. Okay. score, which is wonderful. No, I love that, his that's score right. to this film. This, uh, the, story I, the story I read was it, it was going to get an R rating because of one sound effect. Wow. We were, Can we you were, tell us we what it is without... It was one of the stabby yeah. sound effects. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah, when, when he's when he's getting... Yeah, and um, they, they like, it didn't need it, so they took it out. <laughs> I just wanted to... Let me just finish setting this up. I do feel that... I still think that I was still on board with the intrigue and the appreciation of M. Night Shyamalan when The Village came out. Uh, I was still very interested in seeing whatever this guy was going to make. There weren't a lot of people who were making movies like this uh, that were so commercially successful. Um, I'm not saying I was starting to think about directors at that when I was that age, but I definitely was aware that this was one guy and he was writing and directing these. And I, I love a good twist and I love tense, suspense, darker, dramatic films. This is, once again, you can say whatever you want, but this movie is about adults acting out dialogue-driven scenes, and there's a lot of, you know, tension and suspense built throughout to tell uh, an intriguing story. Mm. However, what, what the whole reason I'm saying this is because I do think I remember this being the time where certain people were like, I'm done with M. Night Shyamalan. Like, they, they, some people were really frustrated by this one, and I think following it up with Lady in the Water, that probably was the nail on the coffin for that group of his ex-fans. Um, I still hung on for a while, and I, I do like this movie. This is something I have rewatched throughout the years. It's not. It's, I, I'm not saying it's a. I don't think it's Sixth Sense, but I appreciate this movie. I I I don't mind the reveal. So I'm curious when we do get here if we. If Getting, if you want to stop this thing and maybe couple watch minutes. it for yourself, couple, I'm excited. Couple more, couple more minutes. Yeah, Dave, what do you think is uh, first time you saw this movie? First time, not this rewatch. We'll get there in a second. What do you think the first time you saw it? First time I saw this movie, I was like, meh. Really? The I whole like, time, yeah, or because was, of the reveal? I was a little bored, and it was just, yeah, it, it didn't really do much for me. I wasn't openly 
interested in it and then the reveal happened i'm like yeah that's kind of cool but it's like again not really it wasn't really a big thing when i first saw it rewatch i enjoyed this way more yeah, no, that's I what I, yeah, more. exactly. That's right. Because I, I think because I'd had more experience, like exposure to some of these actors, I'd, I'd seen um, like certain performances in this, like, and also like I've grown as, as a film goer. Yeah. And so there's little, little things like when, uh, when Judy Greer runs in and decides to tell Joaquin Phoenix exactly how she feels about him and yeah. she just steps up there and pours it all out, you know what's coming in the next shot yeah. from his performance. Like I mean, he, without yeah. saying a word, it's like, oh, this is not going to go well at all. It's yeah. like, yeah. And then when it, when the payoff does come, I laughed out loud because yeah. it's like, but because you were like, oh, it's going to, no, no, it's not. Yeah. Where it and just cuts, where it just cuts to her, like, I did it just cuts to her howling. Yeah. It's yeah. So good, which is kind of funny. You're right, dude. This is a, this was, I kind of miss this era and this is maybe a little nostalgic for us at this point, but like these movies that were coming out late nineties, early two thousands. This is a sweet spot where we're getting to see some of the genius of the upcoming generation. I think Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard is amazing in this movie. I think Joaquin is, is really excellent, and you can see the potential for everything he's going to do. Judy's great. But you also still have the Cherry Jones, the William Hurts, uh, Sigourney's, who, who are just you know, still good. bringing yeah. it. They're always good. And we got to just see some of their last great dramatic work. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, I haven't seen them do too much stuff, you know, in the past 10 or 15 years. Uh, anyway. I'm just gonna I, guess. Uh, this is a sixty million dollar budget. That's a that's a that's a budget that it's such a weird zone, right? And and you hear this all the time if you really pay attention to pop culture stuff. Is like the thirty to fifty million dollar movie they say is gone. Now it's either gonna be like a five million dollar movie that everybody gets the back end on, like everybody does for free, and they do it in twenty days, and they it's either shitty and everybody forgets about it and they move on with their life, or it makes a hundred million dollars and then they each get money. Or it's a $100 million Netflix movie where they just fucking bet the house on this so that they get eyeballs. A $60 million movie such a weird thing for a thriller like this. I, I really imagine that a lot of it went to the talent. Now, I know Dave Boy, Dave's boy, Roger Deakins, did the cinematography on yes, this. Yes, he did. Yeah. I'd just, forgotten that, too. I forgot yeah, that popped too. up. Yeah. I was like... Such oh no wonder surprise. i like this like yeah yeah well because it's a very dry palette right it's it's a lot of like it's sort of like faded pastels it's very fall looking and then they have the red berries that pop but it still is very vibrant in in its in its own way but like a 60 again 60 million dollars is weird I, I just i'm gonna guess that a lot of that was in talent mm. that's that's just my guess but anyway i i thought i had seen this movie but in hindsight when I when there was the the reveal and then the coda to the reveal, I I realized I I didn't watch the whole thing and it was because everybody else spoiled it for me, so I remember seeing it on mm. TV and I remember thinking I knew the ending and so culturally it's like this is like pre Twitter where the movie was decided for me so I went into it and I had already made up my mind of how the movie was but in hindsight there's like some good high drama you have some of the horror things where like Dave was talking about with the the wailing crying like that that's not just drama or comedy like that is something that you see in quote unquote horror movies which I don't know how horror this movie is but you know it's in that world mm. where it's very high stakes where there's just everything is very much at a 10 nothing nothing is nothing is even keeled nothing is slice of life everything has a greater purpose that is above and bigger than anything in my day-to-day -day life and it, it was it's exciting to see those performances. it reminded me of the crucible because of how intense the stakes were even though i didn't really know what the stakes were and i thought i knew the ending so i didn't think it would end up being a big deal anyway it was really so exciting to watch i think question yeah. question about bryce dallas howard um she confused me a little like 
there were times in scenes where she was playing blind and there were times in scenes where she made direct <laughs> eye contact with yeah. people. And I'm like, um, was yeah. that a choice or did she just slip and they couldn't get her to do it? Because I, I don't know nah, what that is. Just, and I, I, mean, I, know with, I know with Workman, like, technically she could see his colours. So right. she knew where he was. But everyone, like, there were, there were times when she reacted to things and it was like... You're right. I got a buzz. You we, haven't, we, we haven't had a single buzz, and you did call something out about. I know, but you, but you're right. You, you caught her. I, I don't think she was 100 percent blind the whole time, or even like legally blind or anything mm. like that. I think that's that's true. It was like eye lines too. That's why it was kind of strange because a lot of times she wasn't. Not a lot of times, but I called a few times where she wasn't in the same frame as somebody, but they had clearly set her eye line so that it looked like she was making eye contact with them. I thought that was it was very focused. That was interesting. Yeah. Uh, again, like, you're right. Like if she was, if she was talking to Joaquin or William Hurt, and she was a good bit of the time, she was supposed to be able to see their color. So maybe, maybe they, you know, they did have a little bit of that, I and I didn't give enough credit to it. But I don't um, know if they shot in sequence, but I feel like it improved throughout the later in the film. Because actually, oh yeah. at one point when they said she's blind, I like I was like, oh yeah, I forgot she was blind, and I've seen this movie before. <laughs> yeah, and and they said it again in this movie, and I kind of forgot. But the cool thing about it, which I think she might have been actually overplaying this time, which could have been a good thing, is. This, this movie really is about innocence. Like it, it, once we spoil the twist, which is coming up soon, is a lot of this is about the reason they go back to the woods is to get rid of the greed and the baggage of, of, of um, you know, capitalism and, and society and such. And so like just living in these woods, there is this faith and hope for human decency and goodness and, and that loss. They don't want to lose innocence. You know, I think that's why it opens with the mm. death of a seven year old boy is it's like it's like this pure thing that that was protected from the yeah. horrors of of reality of not reality but of of pers- like what we imagine 20th century reality to be he's shunned from that and then died never knowing it and and then there's extra baggage that's related to that so she is our surrogate because she's blind but she actually can see good she can see hope better than other people which i think m night was pretty good i don't know if his dialogue writing is very good but like that kind of stuff in his early mm. movies especially is really it's really not. really great Oh, but, but, he, but, he, but he, he under but he understands the metaphor and i think bryce dallas howard is a good surrogate for it the blind thing comes and goes you know all right, well, you, all right so let's let's talk about like big picture just for a second do you guys think again comparing how, maybe if you saw it the first time to how you watched it now and just the overall interpretation that everyone seems to have towards m night Shyamalan, especially for the past 10 years or so do you think that there is something to be said for did did he kind of put himself into a corner by by succeeding so well early on in a very specific structural style with the reveals and con- consistently working in allegory and, and metaphor? I do feel like the more movies he's released, the more I can literally like picture his his audience members sitting there with their arms crossed trying to figure out what the story is about. It's it's kind of yeah. hard when you know that somebody has a style that's that specific that you, you're not trying to be duped like you're kind of everyone's always trying to get ahead of m night and if 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 you feel like you are ahead of it or if it's not as high of an expectation as you had had you know initially or if it doesn't surpass it then you immediately throw it out i feel like it's kind of the baby bathwater scenario which is <laughs> which is what i feel about the village the village I, th- I like this movie and i liked it then and i guess mm. what frustrated me then is that some people decided the reveal wasn't good enough and so they dismiss the rest of the movie and i just feel i i, I never felt I never felt that way. I felt like there were too many things about it that even if you disliked the reveal, you could, I, I don't understand why people can't kind of separate those two things that maybe it's not icy dead people 
crazy, blow your mind. Oh my God, Bruce was alive the entire time. But it's it's still something. If this was the only movie he had ever made, I think people would feel differently about it. Yeah, I I mean, I feel like this this or this twist, is his first movie. The, Excuse like me. Like the re- the reveal. Uh, I feel like it would have gotten more, like had had more effect if it wasn't hailed so clunkily because it's almost like they staggered to it. Like it wasn't it wasn't the big reveal where like there's one statement that goes makes you go oh shit and then they go back and show you all the the times when like you should have known but and it's like it was in front of your face the whole time or that sort of thing but like in this case they stumble towards the reveal almost and then it happens through some like voiceover exposition and it it's just and then the the payoff after that is just not much so like in my opinion this movie is great up until that point and then it it falters so all right let's do it so this is the moment folks pause here Pod, if you want yeah. to go watch it. Are you talking about literally... You pause when pause she, and go and watch this, and then come back and hear what we have to say. When she goes on the gravel road, are you talking about literally when she gets to the ivy I'm, wall and climbs over it? I'm talking when she gets to the fence, and yeah. the, he's he's already spelled the whole thing out by the time she gets to the fence. And so they ease you into the twist, and he's just talking about how we did this and we did that. And, and, and so basically when she goes over that fence, it's like you already know what's on the other side of that fence. I would have liked to have seen her go over the fence and there's a cop car, like a security car sitting there. I'm like, and every like him, her, me would be going, what the fuck? And then I wonder if they, they explained that. I wonder I if know. they tried that or, or an initial draft. And I can totally imagine Roger Deakins being like, M. Knight, you've done this before. Like it's, if you try to just pull the rug out in one fell swoop again, people are going to feel like it's, it's not, it's not an, there's a way we can just let it happen. And then there's a strangeness that I think happens when, when you kind of take on the cop's point of view, when he approaches her, because uh, like Jeff and like both of you are saying, she's kind of our surrogate uh, and when she jumps over until she jumps over that wall. And then her point of view drops back. We're never really over her shoulder or in her face as much anymore. We're mm. kind of with the cop and it creates this weird, this weird, it's not suspenseful anymore. The tension is totally gone. I do agree with that, but it, but it kind yeah. of surprises me about how I do feel about it. The stakes kind of mm. do fall away, but there is a strangeness to it that I appreciate that. I, I, I don't know. I understand why it doesn't work for everybody, but I oh, think no, if I'm, he had tried to just let her crawl over the wall and see a cop car, some people would have been like, of, of course, fuck this shit. Of course. That's what this movie is about. No, right. I'm, not, I'm not done. I'm not done. When, they, when they, they, then he adds, adds the scene in the shack and the scene in the shack is what just tears the whole thing down. Because he does the same thing, uh, you'll you'll hear me talk about this in the movie Old. He literally goes through and spells out everything. Exactly how they... <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, I, I often wondered why they had the, the planes rerouted. It's all the things that people are thinking when that thing's revealed. And it's like, oh, well, you know, why didn't they see a plane? Why didn't they do that? And he has a character sit there and go and through very clunky dialogue <laughs> tell you exactly why all of those things you're thinking aren't. Yeah, and who, ah, is the that, thing. and who is that character? Yeah, and it, of course it's him sitting there doing it. <laughs> it's M. Night Shyamalan's cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, I hate that. It just, it took everything away from, for me. Yeah. So if I he, loved yeah, the movie so, up to that point. So so if it less is more, mm. if he, uh, if he like, what about this? What if he had only shown you at some point, like very, very eloquently or elegantly put that photo of them as young people in the trauma center? If he had just done something like that and not spelled everything out, if you had somehow maybe looked into their secret boxes and seen one one article from somebody's past, do you think that would have been enough? 
it would have just been like, oh my God, of course or, these, these fuckers, I, or it's not just that they're weirdos in the village, but they actually organized this and then that's enough. Let us imagine we never the saw, rest. Or if we never saw the other side of the fence. Yeah, and then we could think even more about, yeah. Hey, I'm not. I'm definitely or not she climbs with that, that you She climbs that fence, takes two steps, and boss, takes <laughs> it down. Just takes her Fucking down. final yeah. destination. Some final destination <laughs> shit. Yeah, just knock oh her out. <laughs> She, no, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, man, I feel you. That's a really good yeah. point. It is. And I, uh, I feel like that's a lot. Of, and also, like that, that clunky, I'm going to explain the scene, what everything you've just seen yeah. to you. And like, and I, I be, hate when that happens. Let's be specific, like, too, because he does I, it. He does it in sixth sense, but he does it visually, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 It's like boom, he, yeah. boom, boom, yeah. boom. And you, it, it's a build because you, you're racing. Like, it's his thoughts racing towards the conclusion. Right. That of what we've just been and shown, it's just, and it's just Haley Joe's monologue replaying. It's not yeah. new information. It's the information we already knew. It was oh yeah, my god, right. the sixth sense. For and me, yeah, that, I mean that one was that one was edited to perfection. It was yeah. like that's that's how you do it. And this one for me, no, like certainly not in that shack. That whole shack scene annoyed the hell out of me. Let's talk about what so about up the. Until, uh, up until the, the shack scene, what were you, you going to ask? You? I was going to say was up just, until the shack scene, you liked the movie though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But and so what John, about? I was just gonna say, what about he always has some funny cameo in it, and we're talking about his voice right now. But the and shot, that. you know, the shot, the reflection shot when he opens the uh, yeah, the little chest of of vaccines. Um, I, Jay, I what was, was your favorite shot that. in the movie? What was some or sequence like uh, best shot sequence? Do you think Roger brought it hard in in, in one part of this movie, or um, were you kind of two? I have two that I really uh, that really struck me. One is the porch when they're sitting on the porch together at night. Uh, yeah, that was, was just oh, lovely. like the yeah, man yeah. can light a night scene like nothing else. Yeah, just, really and the other that. one was actually the opening we talked about earlier with with the funeral. And we're looking, we're, it's almost like we're standing in the crowd looking over the top of everyone's heads. But they did a really tricky thing in the camera that you can't see really the size of the coffin or anything. And then we go straight away to an aerial shot where you can see that this guy's laying on the ground next to this coffin talking to it and he's bigger than it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh shit, that's a kid. And it, it's just a little jolt, but they did it entirely like with just camera angles, and I kind of like that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, all his use of the the fire light around, you know, the border, the border torches. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whenever they were over there, of course, that was gorgeous. Mm. I uh, this is kind of again allegory, metaphor. It can be cheesy in the wrong hands. Um, the whole issue with the bad color, whenever red was exposed and the mm-hmm. dialogue's the worst part about all this stuff it's like oh, it was the bad <laughs> color and it's like it's red just say it's red and we know it's bad i noticed in my, to it. just don't yeah yeah just ignore it i noticed in my version too they fixed the kid that was wearing red at the wedding there's infamously one kid wearing red at the wedding oh i didn't a, know that is, is that, that a, trivia is that a um schindler's list reference or what <laughs> no no it's just it was just i think it just snuck in i don't know but they dulled it down oh, okay cool. wow did you guys catch uh, that? Because, um, okay, in The Sixth Sense, uh, I think the song By La Mos is playing by Enrique Iglesias, if you if you um, know you're Enrique Iglesias, late 90s, early 2000s. Did you catch the line where Ivy asks Joaquin's character, will you dance if I ask you to dance? Because all I was thinking oh about God. was fucking Enrique Iglesias <laughs> and that. And I was like, yes, M. Night, what's up? Let's yeah, he's, go. Sitting, he's sitting there, he's writing away, he's got the stereo on, he's like, oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just Jeff, me? do you have any do you have any standout like well, performance I, I, moments or like oh shit um 
Actually, honestly, though, the one that the one that Dave said, where Joaquin doesn't say anything, because he Joaquin in the early two thousands, all of his characters were brooding. You know, this is that sort of typecasting thing that you hear about with acting mm. all the time, where it's like, yeah, it's like Commodus. I don't know what Commodus was written as, but whatever Joaquin did, and Joaquin did work in the nineties, and he auditioned like crazy, so everybody knew in everybody in L.A. knew who he was. He has a lot of stories about losing like multiple roles to DiCaprio um, and obviously his older brother. And then, you know, like he was, he was in the mix. He was just like right behind them. So he was a known person, but for some reason after gladiator, it was brooding role signs this, you know, and I'm not saying he didn't have range or he didn't, he grew into his range, but all this was like peak him. Like it's like your, it's like your sweet spot of Joaquin and just the way he would look without having to say anything, the way he would read the letters staring down is always like, you never know. Cause you want to be able to see their eyes, but you just knew the way that he was reading the letters. So he stood out for me. One mm. thing that, one thing that stood out and, and this is a directorial thing that you guys are, this is your account, not mine, but M night would do, I guess like the Kurosawa thing where there would be, in stillness, he would try to find movement. So if there were 10 people standing still, he would have one person like make a prayer signal. And that was supposed to be our audience knowing like, this is what they're like. They're not just pondering like they are praying or one other one person would freak out, but everybody else would be really still. And that would catch my eye. Like he, he really is a good visual filmmaker. I'm dragging out your answer. I think to this so because- too. No, no, no. I agree, dude. I think he does have a, it's, I, I, yeah, I don't think you can say that he doesn't have an eye for for composition and for what the audience would be like there weren't any scenes that were like, just like blah i really like i know it's i know it's a famous one but it got me again this time i, I had remembered it right before it happened and it, it really delivered for me when they invade the village the first time the the bad people and she's just standing there holding out her hand on the porch because she yeah. knows joaquin's gonna grab her and then as soon as he touches her the sound effect of the, the grabbing of the hand is that is it's getting closer and, and immediately slips into slow motion drop the the score james and howard's theme comes in and they move yeah. in slow motion into mm. the house it's beautiful dude it's i also it's i also gorgeous. love the the out of focus creature you can see coming towards the hand as exactly well. yeah can, out okay. of visually yeah. i mean yeah. Can, yeah can i talk about the creatures though i know this is 2004 that's what the creatures look like that's what they I did think they're, they're supposed like, to dude. that's that's what i'm saying though i think they're supposed yeah, to be kind of design. like cheap and you know kind of whatever criticism you have, I think I know what you mean. And I don't think it's supposed to be anything more than that. I think he's trying to make a, the point. I just don't know if the point worked, worked for you and worked for a lot of other people, but I didn't need it to be something else for me to, for me to believe that under the right circumstances, you can get people to be scared of that fucking thing. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. It looked like a giant, like, like drunk, overweight hedgehog thing. And I was like, uh, Sonic's really let himself go. Well, wait, okay. Yeah. Questions though. Why is it that? So obviously we're spoiling this now. So, so, and I didn't mean to be so hard on Adrian Brody. He had a really tough task and I think he, he did. No, but we should probably, could. we should tackle it at some point though. It's a weird, I don't know but if he would have gotten away with that these days. He's playing. Um, I mean that I, with respect. Let's say, to, let's say to him and the community that he was representing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I, I guess you would say low IQ. What's the what's the phrasing that they say for? Um, I'm not even sure. I don't even know if they would write a role that vague today. And I, I don't. I'm not hating on M Night Shyamalan. This it was a different climate. But do you know what I mean? Like I feel like it would have needed to be specified in today's. Yeah, we would. We would have. We would have. We would have needed it to be, have like medical 
Yeah. Back, you know, like it would have had to be. It said he was sort of which a, would have been impossible a, in this context. I know, I know. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he was like a simpleton, so he had the the body and the will of of a of a full grown man, obviously, but but not the the intellectual capacity to understand much beyond that. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of laughing and giggling and a lot of you know he's he's flirtatious, like you know the mind of a of a child in a full grown man's body, I guess you could say. And he he did a he did a fine job, but. Did the elders not go fucking insane when they started being like, what the fuck is going on? Like, do you think that that was like kind of a missed opportunity where every, they were always even keeled? And in hindsight, when you know the twist, it makes sense. But in in looking back on this rewatch, that's the one piece of this that's hanging over me where, first of all, they locked this person who is now a killer. He's, he's actually murdered. He's actually murdered somebody. And they locked him in a room where under the floorboards is the key to everything. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know about you, but give me one hour in a room by myself and I'm going to start pulling those floorboards apart. So obviously I'm going to find this thing and the windows were apparently really easy to get out of. So I'm not going to hate on that kind of shit because fine, you got to make your movie, you got to do your thing. But why is it that the elders didn't go, nobody's allowed outside. What the fuck is going on? How is this happening? Because we're supposed to be in charge here and there is actually something, you know what I mean? Shouldn't they have been a little bit more yeah. freaked out? Wouldn't that be a caveat to yeah, this that like, could have well, elevated yeah. this? Yeah, who's doing that? Yeah. Well, there was that one, again, I know what you yeah, mean. They, they I ultimately, I agree with you. But William Hurt did it when he was explaining stuff to Ivy, you know, after he showed her the creature costume. He did have that one line where he said, I do believe that it is one of the elders. And it, and it kind of made me think that, oh, you thought it was Brandon uh, you know, in my channel, I was trying to play with like, even in this like completely controlled, a, a false reality that yeah. these, these people were trying to make room for something that is unexpected. Like there is chaos that even they can't control. I just don't know if he fleshed it out well enough. I don't know if one line mm. and not showing yeah. you any of that was enough because it is also just, it's hard. It's a stretch to believe that Adrian Brody, under those circumstances of the character that was presented to us, that he could have gotten away with that much violence and had no one, no one suspect it. That that's, you they, know, that they, is they a didn't, stretch, they didn't have sure. sanitation, so like if he was skinning animals, like he would have had. The, the 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 phrase caught red-handed comes from from Shakespeare, but it's also been around for centuries because when people would stab somebody, they would have blood on their hands for days. Like it, it wouldn't it would be like a henna tattoo on your hands. Yeah. That's 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 what that's where the phrase caught red-handed came from. He would he his hands would be red the whole movie because <laughs> he was skinning animals. What hands now? I'll tell you what um, one thing I would like to draw uh, mention when we were talking about performance before Bryce Dallas Howard when she finds Joaquin Phoenix on the floor and she comes in and like when she first like because she's walking forwards and her foot just taps him and the you see the thought process go across her face and then she quite calmly gets down and she's like calmly holding him but the second they try to remove her she just destroys herself yeah. And goes to pieces. And it was it was an amazing scene. Like from top to tail there. I, yeah. That was a really I mean, good performance. There were so many again, I'm 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 not a hater by any means in this stuff. I like going to see the giant movies too, but there were a few moments when I was watching this one where that one was one and there were a couple other really intimate dramatic moments where I was like, I kind of for you kind of forget sometimes that these actors are so good. There were like two people on set that day, Roger Deakins, his grips, and like a few other people. And she came in and just had to do that. There was no giant green screen. The stakes weren't super high. There weren't 15 trailers sitting outside. She probably, you know, it just, it just, it just, sometimes you forget that like the simple, a simple drama still requires work that good to actually make yeah. moments like that land, like to, to yeah. make that drama sell. Um, we can say what we want. And I think we, we're on the same page about what Adrian's character what it was supposed to do in the story and how he chose to play it when he does 
confront Walking Phoenix, though. That that got me. Uh, it's a very, very similar repeat of what M. Night Shyamalan chose to do directorially in The Sixth Sense with the stabbing at the very beginning of that movie. Oh, yeah. But it still landed for me. I, I mean, I don't know if that, if that he's was just trying to perfect the nice stabbing thing. Was it yeah. a shooting at the opening of Sixth Sense? Or is this not? Yeah, he's got a, yeah, uh, Wahlberg has the Donnie, right? He yeah, has yeah, the, yeah. the gun. Uh, and he and Bruce is walking toward him trying to like calm it and then he takes it in the gut and he looks yeah. down but it still landed for me and I love how M. Night Shyamalan does know when to just pull back and be static like like you guys were talking about like visually he knows how to how to make it brutal that was hard to watch when in, when walking falls to the ground and we're just yeah. sitting back and you see Adrian Brody clean the knife and then think about leaving and realize oh he's not dead yet and he has to go back that and just that's good by Adrian Brody. The, wow, that was that, that's that thought process. But between yeah. stabs, that thought process that Adrian Brody went through that that is something that only a good actor can go through. So again, I didn't mean only to good so actor hard. and and I thought directorially. I don't even know you know if, if Adrian. I don't know who if anybody talked about this, but it kind of gave me a good example of the pace of this ridiculously like Salem style community. Like there was the the lack of urgency for him to leave because it was so there was nothing happening outside. I guess everyone was like a half a mile away doing something at two miles an hour because i just felt the the yeah. the, the whole movie like slows down and tenses up at the same time i i appreciate the it towns sure. the towns we have to go to the towns the towns to get the yeah. medicines everything at an s <laughs> dave any so oh, th- this movie was shot really fucking well all right this was yeah. shot well the, the the sound effect thing i i thought it was a little lost ask where they had these weird like monster sounds for the whenever they were out by the outskirts of yeah, the woods, like and, and we found things. out, yeah. and of course we find out later it's an animal preserve, so there are wild animals out there. But the the weird like sounds, not for me. But as far as filmmaking, were there were there other things that you really liked? Because we're talking story a lot, but like, was was there anything else that any other meat on the bones of like the way that it was shot? Um, no, although I do feel like because um, I know M Night, and again I'll I talk I'll talk about this with Old. Uh, where there's a lot of camera movement, and I, I feel like he's encouraged. He encourages moving the camera a lot mm. to position you in the scene and to bring you to what you you're looking at. And I feel like Roger pulling back from that a little bit. It's like we're going to move this camera if we have a reason to move this camera, nice. or if we're going for a, a desired thing. And I feel like that was that was a really good melding. Mm. Yeah. Um. And because yeah, it it just it was more like it. It, it wasn't distracting. There, there's a couple of times when my eye was drawn to something and I was like, that that's a really good shot or something, but that's me, you know, so sitting in as a general person watching the film, you're just going to be like, you, you're not distracted by the cinematography at all. Like, they, it's smooth it, and it's yeah, nice. and I, Was it handheld at all? Because this, this... Yes, once. This, yeah, because I thought I remember seeing it, but, and this style is always handheld for some reason. There's right at, right about at the beginning? Back to that. Right at the beginning when they show the gravestone. That that part was really really cool. It, it it reminded me of the Omen, like mix, not even more so than like the Crucible and stuff. Like the Omen, the way that mm. it had this looming like weight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Dave, I like what you said, dude. I think Roger. I think we could. Anyone who has, knows anything about him can totally hear him saying that in their meetings. Like we're gonna we're gonna try to only move when we need to. That is kind of his creed anyway. But it's extra important for this movie because obviously this is a farce. They how do you create you know, using cinematography, uh, the idea that this is how this world actually is. We're not trying to update a Salem style thing with a lot of life in the camera. We want you to feel like you're kind of stuck in this slow moving place. Uh, Mm -hmm. I thought that was brilliant. That paired with uh, 
I did. I was, I was mostly acting at the time when I saw this movie. So I was very, think I was very, I remember being very thoughtful of the fact when I first saw it uh, before the reveal. And I think I appreciate this more and more each time I see it, the dialect work from the, especially the adults, the yeah. first generation of settlers, if you will, quote, are different. And I remember thinking, where are they from? I remember just, yeah. could, I couldn't, are they, I knew these people were all really well-trained. So this was on purpose. And I was like, what are they doing? And that is nuance. And that is, it's subtle. I don't think everyone is only thinking about that whenever you hear them speak for the first time, but it's just enough. And that with the way that they choose to tell the story up until the reveal, I think it, I think, I just don't know if this gets quite enough credit. I'm afraid yeah. the village this gets is, lumped I in mean, with some of his films look, that people don't like If you look like at the reviews, much. like everyone is like, this is one of his most underrated films. It has a 44 really? meta score. That seems crazy, right? 44 yeah. seems low. That seems a little crazy. I, I think, think it was starting to be popular to hate on him around this point, though, which, yeah. you know, not cool. Not think, cool, and critics. Then, and this then, one's for you. And, and, then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he encouraged that with the happening. I mean, <laughs> fuck, I mean, man. Yeah, when he goes yeah, Lady, yeah. The, Lady in the Water, he yeah. tried and failed. But then, you know that happens. But the happening. I mean, I wonder if he did this movie and he was just saw, seeing Deacon's frame leaves blowing and he was like, I have figured it out. Did you guys notice that the only per the only person um in the credit scroll ahead of the cast? So it goes end of movie, and the only it's usually like first production assistant or something like that. It's featured violinist. And then it was the cast. Yeah, Yeah. it was wild. I was like, fuck yeah, that is so I was super that was the only way they could afford them. (laughs) Yeah. Not gonna lie, I was super into fucking music at the time when this came out. When I was listening to that that score for the first time in the theater, I was like, that's fucking Hillary Hahn, dude. I was Hillary so proud Hahn, of myself. It. I fucking mm-hmm. nailed it. Beautiful score. James Newton Howard. Did he win? Did you did no, we, did no, we no, confirm no, no, that? No, 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 no. He did not Lost? win, no. Okay, just mm-hmm. curious. Wow. Well, yeah, you, you can uh, you can actually watch this for the moment, uh, at the moment on Peacock? Peacock for free. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah. Damn I had to the beginning. <laughs> Why did I just user- fucking paper? Yeah. Peacock. I'm enjoying that. If anyone hasn't watched Peacock, you sign up. If you don't pay for it, you get your ads at the very beginning for like three minutes, and then you can watch a movie without ads. Oh they wait, do that I for have a that. Lot of their movies. I, I yeah. signed up for that. Shit, why did yeah. that? It's not always that structure, but it is that structure sometimes. So yeah, go go give it a shot. Right. And I know we already kind of said it about her, but like, god damn it, this was the first time I saw Bryce Dallas Howard she's in great. in this frame, and I was like, whoa! And she has we not let me down thing. in her career. I think she's yeah. magnificent. So. And Judy Greer, and I'm shouting out Cherry mm. Jones because the early. Early on, she had this smirk on her face, and every time when she's was, walking through the party, yeah. When every she's, time for yeah. the first half hour, every time we saw her, she had this weird, like, sinister smirk. I thought she had this, like, this evil puritanical, you know, those like puritanical, like those people that were just like cackling at everything. And I was like, what is going on with this lady? And then I'm like, wait, it's that Cherry Jones. She must be up to something. So, part John, when you're talking about the nuance, Cherry Jones and Brendan Gleeson as your third and fourth most important elder, you can't yeah. get better than that because that's where you get depth of character. That, that's where you, it's yeah. not just like your storyline is good. That is where all of a sudden you have 10 layers by your supporting cast being as good as these motherfuckers were. That was great. 60 million. That's what it gets you. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> All right, people. Stay. Well, like we said, Dave and I are going to stick around and we're going to talk about old. So please find that in your feed. We're going to talk I'm about qualified. some Shyamalan. 
We are qualified. Um, and if you like us, please like and beach, subscribe Dave. to all of the socials. As John said at the beginning, we would love love to hear from you. And if you have any movie that you think you should have seen or that we should have seen by now, please reach out to us. We love doing these kinds of you know lookbacks and from the future. We think it's really, really, really fun. So thanks for tuning in. We are now going to head to our What You've Been Watching, our recommendations of the week. As always, we start with Dave. I hope you are queued up and ready to go with your recommendations. I mean, it was a hell of a busy week. I had to go away to a wedding this weekend, which is usually when I got my movie watching in. But I'm halfway through, and it was a recommendation uh, from the guys on the Matt and Mark movie show, uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. And? Oh, nice, dude. It. Yeah. It looks beautiful. Like, it. The every single frame has an element of color in it somewhere. They love their blues and reds. It just, it's shot beautifully. Uh, and it's fun. It's good fun so far. Nice. nice. If they can hold, if they can I, uh, hold this, it's a hit. Nice, it's awesome. That one is in my queue too. I, uh, yeah. I am, I'm getting queued up, ready to move to Los Angeles. So I didn't really get to watch too many other things other than uh, the Village this week. But I have queued up, and I'm hoping to watch at least maybe one of them tonight. Zola, the new release from A24, ah, which is supposed was, to be really yeah. awesome. Sure. Heard really good things, and Shinka Powder Milkshake. So is Zola on something? Because uh, I really want to watch it. Is it on a streaming uh, service? I don't think it is yet no okay okay just curious nice yeah I'll let all you right know. don't don't quote me film fans look it up for yourself but i, I i'm not sure um how about you Cla- did you watch Cla- anything well chloe was watching atypical so i would walk in and then i would get hooked and watch an episode or two and stuff and i it's i, th- I think i think it's pretty entertaining and pretty fun but the crime of the century man hbo max i'm gonna say it on the old episode too just because i want to really lay it in it's two two-hour episodes Alex Gibney directed, and it is about the opioid epidemic. The first episode, wow. a little tiny history of opium, and I didn't really understand how far back. It went back to ancient Egypt and then all over Asia and Europe. I had no idea that it was traded with like herbs and spices. And then the Sackler family, pretty much first episode, you know, commercializing that the second episode is about a company called insis which took fentanyl and turned it into a drug and and the fraud and it's 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 just fucking like you it's a Mm. must watch it's a must watch i think damn where is it again again? hbo max it's called the crime of the century alex gibney checking it it. out all right dave i'm excited to talk to you about old very very excited john have a good time heading west thank you so much i'll see you soon